Aren't you glad that you came this morning? Whoa. It was hard to get out of bed, wasn't it? Anyone? No, just me. It was hard to get out of bed. Glad that you've, you've come and joined us this morning. Um, you're doing well? You're doing well? Turn to your neighbour, say, ask them a question. Are you doing well? Are you doing well? Hello, hello. Are we on? We're on, right? Is this working? Okay. Yeah, definitely. Um, does, anyone, does anyone love uh, reading biographies? Does anyone enjoy reading biographies like stories or autobiographies? Or, Nick just led me to it, or, or do you like watching documentaries on people's lives? Yeah, like any big readers in the room? Have we got any readers? Yeah, a few few readers. Yeah, yeah. I I am. Um, I'm really bad at finishing books. I've started a lot of books, but I'm really bad at finishing books. I kind of you get a little bit in, and then you miss one day of reading, and I'm like, oh, I, don't, I forgot, and so I move on. But but I love a documentary. I love watching documentaries on on people's lives and their stories. Um, did anyone see the John Farnham one recently? Anyone? How good was it? Anyone not even know who John Farnham is? There's going to be someone, surely. I've, I've had to educate my kids as to who he is. But um, uh, it's so good. And it's actually a bit heartbreaking. Did, did anyone feel like kind of a bit heartbroken that there's this amazing, talented guy who, like we almost didn't, well, my generation almost didn't ever hear of him. And it was only because of a break and a manager. And, and actually, I've been watching, and this is, a, this is a dark confession. I've got a few confessions today. Dark one. Dark web type confession. No, uh, no. Nah, nah. it's it's, I've been watching these reaction videos to John Farnham. Is it, anyone watch reaction videos? I oh, know. That's the response that you should. To, so it's like voice coaches and people and honestly, in the last year, there's been heaps of them because the rest of the world are just hearing John Farnham for the first time. And to see people's reaction is actually incredible. Chelsea, see, that's good, isn't it? Yeah? No? No. It's still weird. Uh, but I've just watched... Susie will tell you that I may have watched 40-plus of these reaction videos and that I've watched the same song every time. And it's from, he did a concert with the Melbourne Symphony Orchestra and uh, his last song that he does for the night is Help. And it's just like an amazing Beatles cover that he does and he sings the lights out. And it's, I'll tell you that I tear up every time I hear it. It's amazing. Go watch it. Watch the reaction videos because it's people hearing his voice for the first time and it's incredible. Anyway, we almost didn't know about John Farnham. I love watching the doco. Um, the thing about hearing people's stories, right, is, is I love that we can learn from them. We can learn from people's stories. We, we can learn from them. And who knows the best stories, whether it be biography, doc, documentary, are the stories of people who have gone through hardship or adversity, isn't it? Where the stories that aren't so interesting are usually the people who have it all and they've lived perfect lives and everything goes well. It, the, the things that are interesting are actually the ones where, yeah, someone's overcome adversity. They've gone through a bit of a hard time and we hear how they overcome or or 
Yeah, are you with me? They're, they're far more, I wanna hear those stories, right? Yeah, cool, I'm glad. Um, and I love that we can learn from those stories, even if we don't have the same situation. Who knows that there's transferable things from those stories that we can kind of learn and, uh, and go with. Cool. We are going to spend the next few weeks looking at uh, the book of First Peter. First Peter. Have you ever read through First Peter? It, it's, it's not a... It's not a long letter that, that Peter's written. It's, it's, it's like five chapters. Um, and Peter, Peter is a guy who has some stories. Peter's, Peter's not like a guy where everything was perfect. Uh, and, and it's, you know, we're just hearing from someone who's got it all together all the time. Peter has some stories. Of all the disciples, who knows that we actually know the most about Peter? We can, we can recite the stories of Peter, can't we, from, from Scripture. We know all about every one of his mistakes, yeah? Because the other gospel writers were pretty quick to tell us about Peter's mistakes, especially John. You know, like John's always like, I'm the one Jesus loved. He, Peter, what an idiot. Uh, he doesn't say those words, don't quote me. Um, but we know about his mistakes. We know that Peter was the guy who denied Jesus, right? He denied Jesus. He's the guy who tried to cut like the head off a guard in the Garden of Gethsemane. Like he obviously wasn't great. He only got an ear. But, but, but we also know that Peter is, is the church father, right? He preached boldly after, after Pentecost and we see the start of the church after his preaching and, and we see thousands come to know who Jesus is because of Peter. Um, now, this is like the dumbest thing. But this morning I was like, I feel like instead of you just listening, we should look at something. And I was like, let's find a picture of Peter. So I just Google imaged Peter, like just Peter. And... <laughs> And here are like the here are the here are the top three searches. So, Peter, oh, that's all right. I don't mind that. That's probably all right. Go go to the next one, and then so we had Peter Griffin, then Peter Peter Pan. But that just makes me think too much of Michael Jackson. So let's go there. This guy. Does anyone know who this guy is? So can I tell you in this Google image search, there was. There was one picture of Peter, two pictures of Peter Griffin. There's a couple of Peter Pan and about 50 of this dude. What's his name? Peter Fascinelli. Anyone heard of him? He's, he's a model or something. And there was, he has, after my Google search, he's got some pretty good abs, just letting you know. But we'll, we'll just leave this one on. Um, so... He's a, hey, oi, did you get that? He's got his greatest fan standing behind him. Hey? That's worth a repeat. Um, okay, we really don't need that picture up. I don't know who that guy is. But that was all for my entertainment just then. Thank you for indulging me. Uh, okay, so this morning and, and for the next couple of weeks, we're going to learn from Peter. Uh and I like to think of this series as, as us as a church getting to sit at the feet of Papa Pete. Is that, is that all right? Papa Pete. 
Anyone had an opportunity to sit kind of at the feet of, of an older, wiser person who's just got the best stories. Anyone ever got, I, I got to, I was fortunate enough to do that with, with Susie's papa. We, we had this camping weekend and, uh, and it just got to sit for hours and he told us about World War II and growing up in, in the country. And uh, can I tell you, I just wanted to learn more. I just wanted to sit and I, I would have listened for hours. And, and I think that we should take the same posture with listening from, Papa Pete, from our, our church father, Peter. Are we okay with that? Are we willing to humble ourselves before God's Word this morning a little bit? Can I tell you that my preaching can't change your life? I would love it to. I would love the, the best crafted preacher I can change your life. But my, my preaching can't change your life. But do you know what can? We have a God who can change your life and God's Word can transform our lives if we approach it humbly and we sit at the feet of our Father and we listen. Are you with me? Anyone ready for that this morning? Cool. So this letter, uh, uh, we're looking at First Peter was written by the disciple Peter previously named Simon. Does anyone remember that? When we're introduced to Peter, his name was Simon. He was a fisherman. Uh, and, and Jesus asked him, how about you come start fishing for men with me? Remember that call? Over time, like, like, like Peter spent a lot of time with Jesus. And during that time, Jesus changed his name from Simon, which actually means hearing, I learned this week. Simon means hearing, to to Peter, which means rock or a pebble. Uh, I think it's Petros in, in the Greek, Cephas in the something else, another language. I really should have looked that up if I'm going to pretend like I know other words. Uh, but gee, do we remember when, when Jesus renamed Peter, he, he, he called him Peter and he talked about the, the rock that the church would be built on. Peter, after Jesus' ascension, well, he led the early church in Jerusalem. We just talked a little bit about uh, Pentecost and Acts and, and Peter preached boldly and people came to know Jesus and the church started. Well, Peter led the church in Jerusalem for some time after Jesus' ascension. Uh, he then headed uh, kind of to Antioch, headed, headed towards Turkey and eventually ended up in Rome is where we, uh, we think he wrote this, this letter from, from Rome. He actually does something really weird in this letter. And at the end, he says, I'm writing this from Babylon. I'm writing this letter from Babylon. But there's actually no historical evidence that Peter ever went kind of to Babylon. But it was actually more a code word to the believers at the time. Uh, at the time of this letter written, I think it was about 64 AD, don't, don't quote me, there's, there's a lot of contention on all of these things from scholars. But it's a time when Nero was emperor, when Nero was Caesar. And the Christians were starting to come under a little bit of fire again. Um, and so there, there's some talk that, well, Peter was potentially a wanted man. And so in writing a letter that goes out publicly, he's just written, I'm in Babylon, guys. And, and there would have been an understanding that that was exile. Is that interesting? I thought that was really interesting that you'd put that in a, in a letter. Okay. Um, so this letter was written for circulation to a bunch of churches that, that 
occupy a space now in modern day Turkey. Has anyone been to Turkey? I feel like, I, oh, look at this. Can you tell us all about it? I'll just hand the mic. No, Turkey, uh, modern day Turkey, where where Paul and Peter had started churches. There was a, a big church network. And Peter wrote this letter in Rome uh, and he wrote it for the church to circulate, as they quite often did, the letter across different churches. So it really is Papa Pete kind of pouring out his heart to the church and giving them some advice that they might learn uh, a little bit from him. So, so today, uh, we're going to look at the first, the first chapter, a part of the first chapter together. Okay, we, we're good. You're still with me? Give me a thumbs up. This is nice. So we're looking at First Peter. We're going to start at, at just at verse 3 and go to, go to verse 9. I'm going to read from the NLT first. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by His great mercy that we have been born again because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Now we live with great expectation and we have a priceless inheritance, an inheritance that is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. And through your faith, God is protecting you by His power until you receive this salvation, which is ready to be revealed on the last day for all to see. So be truly glad. There is wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials for a little while. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold, though your faith is more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong though through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honour on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. You love Him even though you have never seen Him. Though you do not see Him now, you trust Him and you rejoice with a glorious, inexpressible joy. The reward for trusting Him will be the salvation of your souls. Let's pray and then unpack this a little bit together. God, You are good. Uh, we, we just want to learn from You. So Holy Spirit, come and reveal Your truth to us now through Your Word, through uh, this faith community as we as we listen, as we learn, may we also be led to discussion and prayer and, and unpacking your word together as a community. Holy Spirit, come and have your way. Uh, may your words resonate. May my words fall flat. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Okay. Who, who thought that was a lot to take in? Just that little short snippet. Now, uh, like I said before, we've not, we know Peter pretty well. And we jump to some conclusions about Peter a little bit. Maybe if you're like me. That the Peter's a bit of a, a loose cannon. You know, like he, he thinks something. Well, he doesn't think about something. He acts first, right? We see as a disciple, he's the guy who seems to kind of act. He walked on water. That's pretty cool. He didn't last long, but he did it, right? He's the kind of guy who, who, who seems to act. And we sometimes don't give him credit for actually how, how smart and how intellectual and how much he, he understood who Jesus was and what Jesus was teaching. And this really, you read this letter through and you have no doubt that Peter knew what he was talking about. He wasn't just a loose cannon, but that he actually, there was a lot of wisdom in what he was saying and a lot of theological truth for us. What I want to do, if, uh, if you're okay with it, I... I actually want us to read from the message now. And I, 
I don't often use the message. Sometimes I'll use it personally because it kind of brings a different understanding sometimes, paraphrase. But to help us kind of grasp, the message uh, has been laid out really well for us to understand maybe what, what Peter was getting at. Uh, so so let's, let's have a go at this. It, no one was confused by the one before. It's just there's a lot in it, right? So let's, let's have a look. What a God we have and how fortunate we are to have Him, this Father of our Master Jesus. It starts with this incredible praise. Anyone feel that this morning as we sing, you know, I praise the name? Like how good God is. We have this God, this Father. Because Jesus was raised from the dead, we've been given a brand new life and have everything to live for, including a future in heaven, which starts now. God is keeping careful watch over us and the future. The day is coming when you'll have it all, life healed and whole. Peter's pointing us towards this promise and this hope that God has for us. Uh, the, the promise of eternal life, the promise of, of a future in heaven, a, a life that eventually will be, what, what does the word writer say? A life healed and whole eventually. I know how great this makes you feel, even though you have put up with every kind of aggravation in the meantime. Pure gold put in the fire comes out of it proved pure. Genuine faith put through this suffering comes out proved genuine. When Jesus wraps this all up, it's your faith, not your gold, that God will have on display as evidence of His victory. You never saw Him, yet you love Him. You still don't see Him, yet you trust Him with laughter and singing. Because you kept on believing, you'll get what you're looking forward to, total salvation. Some incredible words in this. Some real, does anyone feel encouraged actually by this? But in the middle of that encouragement, did anyone pick up what, Paul, what Peter was actually telling us? Peter is dropping some truth for us. And it's, it's something that we may not talk about lots in church, to be honest. And it's, it's that we will all experience hardship and suffering. In the middle of this talk about a future hope and the joy and the laughter, Peter drops in, there's suffering. You, you, in fact, in, in the message it said aggravation. Like he, he talks pretty hard about it. You will experience hardship, suffering. I, I've got to, I said there's some confessions this morning. I've got to confess a little bit. In trying to communicate the good news in my life, we sometimes, and, and I say this again, I've sometimes made it the good news more about God being a genie or Santa sometimes who makes life perfect rather than actually being upfront that even after we accept Jesus, there will be suffering. Now, I know without meaning to that I've definitely done that in youth ministry over the years. And it's not intentional. I'm not trying to, trying to uh, swindle people at all. I want people to know who God is, right? I want people to tell, uh, I want to tell them that Jesus has changed my life. That knowing God changes your life. But sometimes 
I've played into this narrative a little bit that if you follow Jesus, it's the best decision of your life, which I totally agree with. But unintentionally communicated that if you follow Jesus, everything in life will go perfectly. Now, in the room, I look around and there's some of us who are mature Christians in the room. And I know that we know this, right? That actually after we start following Jesus, not everything goes perfectly, right? Yeah? There is still suffering. There is still grief. There is still hardship that we go through. Now, Peter talks about uh, being born again. Did we see that in the verse before? He talks about being born again. There is, there is this transformation. And when we truly meet Jesus and know who God is and what He's done for us, uh, it, it does transform our lives, doesn't it? And we can testify to that in the room, I'm sure. But it doesn't mean that we won't experience this hardship in our life. Our faith doesn't guarantee good health, does it? Gee, I wish it did. I wish our faith guaranteed good health. Now, we have a God who heals, and we trust and we have faith that God heals, but it doesn't guarantee us good health. Our faith, who knows in the room who can put their hand up to this, that our faith doesn't guarantee financial prosperity. Yeah. Now, God is a generous Good God, and, and it says that we're to live on earth uh, like we have already this inheritance. But it doesn't guarantee financial prosperity. But what our faith does do is it gives us a new hope. As Peter says, an inheritance, a knowledge that there is a future, right? A future when we will be healed and made whole. A future where we do share in the glorious, unlimited resources of our God. A future waiting for us in heaven, away from the decay of a broken world. Eventually, eventually it will be away from suffering, right? Can I tell you when that is our hope? Who knows that it keeps us? It keeps us, even when we are suffering, even when we are in grief in the moment, when our hope is in the future that Jesus has for us, it keeps us. In fact, Peter suggests this idea that our faith is strengthened and purified in hard times. Just like gold is purified when it's put through fire, you're able to get the impurities out. Peter suggests it's the same with our faith. That actually our faith, when we endure hardship, when we, when we meet suffering, it actually tests our faith. It proves it. It makes it more genuine is actually what Peter is saying. Peter was also not the only church father to talk about suffering, Right? And we see it in the New Testament more than we probably give, give uh, credit to. Um, so we've talked about Papa Peter. Can I keep calling people Papa? Because it's kind of fun this morning. Papa James, all right? So, so the early church, Peter's kind of the leader of the church. 
Straight after him, James starts to take over. Uh, as the leader of the early church in Jerusalem. Uh, James is the brother of Jesus. Obviously, there was some James the Just, he was called. Uh, uh, he kind of started to, to take over while Peter started to do some missionary work. Um, James writes this. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Now, does anyone else think that sounds dumb. <laughs> like, I don't know about you, but I don't wake up in the morning saying, gee, I hope that I have a hard day, you know? I, I, what's going to give me the, the greatest joy today is that I have a terrible day, that everything goes wrong, that there's hardship. But, but James says, consider it joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow for when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. James, just like Peter is saying, you will experience suffering, you will experience pain, you will experience grief. In those moments, don't shy away from them. Don't discount God in those moments. Instead, hold on to your faith and your faith will be tested for sure, but it will grow. It will be strengthened. It will have endurance. And, and James even goes as far to say, you'll be perfect and complete, needing nothing if you consider the hardship great joy. Papa Paul, all right? So we've talked about Papa Peter, Papa James, Papa Paul. I think actually I should call them saints, but Papa's a bit nicer, isn't it? Yeah, it's good. Papa, Papa Paul uh, also writes in Romans, uh, uh, Romans 5, verse 3 to, to, to 4. He says, we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance. Again, Paul, you're crazy, man. Uh, when we, we can rejoice when we have trials and problems. I, Endurance develops strength of character and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. Paul gets to the point for us. The point that Peter's making as well. All three of our, of our church father, these writers of, in the New Testament, they give us the same advice and the same message for today. We will experience suffering just as our Lord Jesus did. And when we do experience it, we should consider it an opportunity for joy. Not because the suffering in itself is good, but because we know it's temporary. Do you get that? Because we know it's temporary. Our hope isn't in earthly things, church. Can I tell you, our hope isn't in the things that we have here on earth with us. But our hope is in our salvation for eternity. Do you know that we can face anything when we know that our hope is based in our salvation? The hardest things we will be met with. And the, I can tell you that the church fathers understood this. Probably a lot more than we understand. People who actually face proper persecution. We know Paul spent a lot of time in jail, beaten because of his faith. 
but they got it. That our hope doesn't rest in the things of today. Our hope rests in the future, the inheritance that God has promised us and that has given us through the salvation we have in Jesus Christ. Can I tell you that it changes my mindset a little bit. That if I wake up in the morning, I'm not hoping for hard things, but if I experience hard things, do you know what? I have an anchor that I can hold on to no matter what I'm faced in that day. Is anyone else, can you feel joy bubbling up as you talk about that? That I can face anything because I know that my future is safe in the hands of Jesus, that it's free from decay. Do you hear Peter say that? That it's being held in a future place for us. Can I tell you this morning that, that, that we don't hear enough about heaven? That we don't hear enough about our salvation and what it leads to eternal life. The, the Bible promises and, and, and teaches us that we have eternal life when we call on the name of Jesus. And when we know that that's our future and that's our inheritance, who knows that we can face anything today? That we know it's temporary and that we have an eternal future in mind. Does anyone else want to give someone a high five because of that? I, I don't know. I, I'm feeling it. This morning, the question I have for you, it's really simple. What is your hope in today? This week, what has your hope been in? Is it the things of this world? Because if your hope is in the things of this world, uh, like this isn't a doomsday prophet or anything, but I want to tell you they're going to fall over. That they're going to decay. That they may not be realised hopes. If your hope is in a broken world and the things of the world. Or is our hope in the salvation that Jesus offers us? Do you know this salvation that I talk about this morning? Scripture tells us that if we call on the name of Jesus, we will be saved. And, and, and this morning, we, we're going to sing together again that song, Living Hope. And I, if you don't know that salvation I'm talking about, I want to give you a chance to call on the name of Jesus this morning as we meet together. I want you to experience that new life, being born again. And I'm not going to promise you that everything's going to be perfect right now. (laughs) But we know that Jesus changes our lives, right? And we know this hope of a future that Jesus has for us. I also know, I also know, this morning here in this room that there are people who are suffering today. You are going through hardship at the moment. You are facing grief. Maybe you're facing ill health. Life is tough. Maybe it's kind of been hard to hear what our church fathers have said, that we should have joy in the moments of suffering because the pain is real today. I want to have a chance to pray for you and and, and for us to pray for each other. If if that is you today, I want to pray that God strengthens you. I want to pray that God brings joy in the middle of that hardship. 
And I want you to be reminded of eternal salvation. The anchor that we can just hold on to. That can get us through any situation we face in this temporary life. And I want to pray for a greater measure of hope for you this morning. So in a minute, we're going we're gonna to sing this song together. And another reminder of who our hope lies in. A living hope, a living Jesus, a God who is gracious and kind and forgiving, who is, who is holy. Can I just pray right now? Let's pray. God, You are good. We thank You for the reminder. We thank You that we got to sit at the feet of, of, of some church fathers. We thank You also that Your Word brings truth. We thank You that Your Word brings life. Even, even when we are facing suffering, even when we are facing grief, grief, even when we are facing uh, a hardship, You can bring joy you can bring peace and that you have an inheritance for us, something that we can hold on to. Holy Spirit, come and move in these moments. Remind us of the joy of our salvation. We thank you, Jesus, that you paid the ultimate price. We thank you, that You took on sin and that You took on death so that we may have this eternal hope. We thank You, Jesus, that You didn't just take on that and that You you didn't just die, but that we also celebrate Your resurrection today. And we thank You that that resurrection is a promise for us into the future. That we, that same resurrection power, God, You operate in that today, that You bring life and that one day that we can all be meeting together and we can be celebrating how we are fully healed and fully whole.